Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, April 26th. Torah was meant to be lived out in community and in the context of relationships. A very effective way to study the Bible is in a small group doing a midrash or discussion. This helps you to go deeper into the Word as you take time to reflect on it, make connections from one scripture to another, and apply the scriptures to your personal walk. We have added a new feature on the Daily Audio Torah website. If you are involved in a small group Bible study or would like to start one, we can help you. We have added discussion questions for you to use when your group gathers. We will post discussion questions for every Shabbat reading, and they will be posted on the website a week in advance so you have time to read and prepare ahead of time. We have also posted guidelines for leaders and facilitators to help you grow your small group in a healthy way. Just go to the new pick on the menu, Discussion Questions, and you will find everything you need there to nurture and grow your small group. We also offer coaching support if you need help or have questions. See the Guidelines for Leaders PDF for details. Have fun learning and growing in God's Word together in your small group. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Akarai Mot, and it means, After the Death. Leviticus 18, 1-30 Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. I am Yahweh your Elohim. So do not act like the people in Egypt, where you used to live, or like the people of Canaan, where I am taking you. You must not imitate their way of life. You must obey all my regulations and be careful to obey my decrees, for I am Yahweh your Elohim. If you obey my decrees and my regulations, you will find life through them. I am the Lord. You must never have sexual relations with a close relative, for I am the Lord. Do not violate your father by having sexual relations with your mother. She is your mother. You must not have sexual relations with her. Do not have sexual relations with any of your father's wives, for this would violate your father. Do not have sexual relations with your sister or half-sister, whether she is your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, 
whether she was born into your household or someone else's. Do not have sexual relations with your granddaughter, whether she is your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter, for this would violate yourself. Do not have sexual relations with your stepsister, the daughter of any of your father's wives, for she is your sister. Do not have sexual relations with your father's sister, for she is your father's close relative. Do not have sexual relations with your mother's sister, for she is your mother's close relative. Do not violate your uncle, your father's brother, by having sexual relations with his wife, for she is your aunt. Do not have sexual relations with your daughter-in-law, she is your son's wife, so you must not have sexual relations with her. Do not have sexual relations with your brother's wife, for this would violate your brother. Do not have sexual relations with both a woman and her daughter. And do not take her granddaughter, whether her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter, and have sexual relations with her. They are close relatives, and this would be a wicked act. While your wife is living, do not marry her sister and have sexual relations with her, for they would be rivals. Do not have sexual relations with a woman during her period of menstrual impurity. Do not defile yourself by having sexual intercourse with your neighbor's wife. Do not permit any of your children to be offered as a sacrifice to Molech, for you must not bring shame on the name of your God. I am Yahweh. Do not practice homosexuality, having sex with another man as with a woman. It is a detestable sin. A man must not defile himself by having sex with an animal, and a woman must not offer herself to a male animal to have intercourse with it. This is a perverse act. Do not defile yourselves in any of these ways, for the people I am driving up before you have defiled themselves in all these ways. Because the entire land has become defiled, I am punishing the people who live there. I will cause the land to vomit them out. You must obey all my decrees and regulations. You must not commit any of these detestable sins. This applies both to native-born Israelites and to the foreigners living among you. All these detestable activities are practiced by the people of the land where I am taking you, and this is how the land has become defiled. So do not defile the land and give it a reason to vomit you out, as it will vomit out the people who live there now. Whoever commits any of these detestable sins will be cut off from the community of Israel. So obey my instructions and do not defile yourselves by committing any of these detestable practices that were committed by the people who lived in the land before you. I am the Lord your God. Judges 6, 1-40 The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. 
The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes, coming with their livestock and tents, were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. When they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live, but you have not listened to me. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Gideon replied, If you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it is really the Lord speaking to me. Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. He answered, I will stay here until you return. Gideon hurried home. He cooked a young goat, and with a basket of flour he baked some bread without yeast. Then, carrying the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot, He brought them out and presented them to the angel who was under the great tree. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread on this rock and pour the broth over it. And Gideon did as he was told. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and bread with the tip of the staff in his hand, and fire flamed up from the rock and consumed all he had brought. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he cried out, O sovereign Lord, I am doomed. I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. It is all right, the Lord replied. Do not be afraid, you will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. The altar remains in Ophrah in the land of the clan of Abiezer to this day. That night the Lord said to Gideon, 
Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that is seven years old. Pull down your father's altar to Baal, and cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. Then build an altar to the Lord your God here on this hilltop sanctuary, laying stones carefully. Sacrifice the bull as a burnt offering on the altar, using as fuel the wood of the Asherah pole you cut down. So Gideon took ten of his servants, and did as the Lord had commanded. But he did it at night because he was afraid of the other members of his father's household and the people of the town. Early the next morning, as the people of the town began to stir, someone discovered that the altar of Baal had been broken down and that the Asherah pole beside it had been cut down. In their place, a new altar had been built, and on it were the remains of the bull that had been sacrificed. The people said to each other, Who did this? And after asking around and making a careful search, they learned that it was Gideon, the son of Joash. Bring out your son, the men of the town demanded of Joash. He must die for destroying the altar of Baal and cutting down the Asherah pole. But Joash shouted to the mob that confronted them, Why are you defending Baal? Will you argue his case? Whoever pleads his case will be put to death by morning. If Baal truly is a god, let him defend himself and destroy the one who broke down his altar. From then on, Gideon was called Jerub Baal, which means let Baal defend himself, because he broke down Baal's altar. Soon afterward, the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east formed an alliance against Israel and crossed the Jordan, camping in the valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. He blew a ram's horn as a call to arms, and the men of the clan of Abiezer came to him. He also sent messengers throughout Manasseh, Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, summoning their warriors, and all of them responded. Then Gideon said to God, If you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, prove it to me in this way. I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. And that is just what happened. When Gideon got up early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowlful of water. Then Gideon said to God, Please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. Let me use the fleece for one more test. This time let the fleece remain dry, while the ground around it is wet with dew. So that night God did as Gideon asked. The fleece was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. Luke 22, 54-23-12 So they arrested him and led him to the high priest's home and Peter followed at a distance. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it, and Peter joined them there. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, This man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, You must be one of them. No, man, I'm not. Peter retorted. 
About an hour later, someone else insisted, This must be one of them, because he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard, weeping bitterly. The guards in charge of Yeshua began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and said, Prophesy to us, who hit you that time? And they hurled all sorts of terrible insults at him. At daybreak, all the elders of the people assembled, including the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law. Yeshua was led before this high council, and they said, Tell us, are you the Messiah? But he replied, If I tell you, you won't believe me, and if I ask you a question, you won't answer. But from now on the Son of Man will be seated in the place of power at God's right hand. They all shouted, So are you claiming to be the Son of God? And he replied, You say that I am. Why do we need other witnesses, they said. We ourselves heard him say it. Then the entire council took Yeshua to Pilate, the Roman governor. They began to state their case. This man has been leading our people astray by telling them not to pay their taxes to the Roman government and by claiming he is the Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Yeshua replied, You have said it. Pilate turned to the leading priests and to the crowd and said, I find nothing wrong with this man. Then they became insistent, but he is causing riots by his teaching wherever he goes, all over Judea from Galilee to Jerusalem. Oh, is he a Galilean? Pilate asked. When they said that he was, Pilate sent him to Herod Antipas, because Galilee was under Herod's jurisdiction, and Herod happened to be in Jerusalem at the same time. Herod was delighted at the opportunity to see Yeshua, because he had heard about him and had been hoping for a long time to see him perform a miracle. He asked Yeshua question after question, but Yeshua refused to answer. Meanwhile, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law stood there shouting their accusations. Then Herod and his soldiers began mocking and ridiculing Yeshua. Finally, they put a royal robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate, who had been enemies before, became friends that day. Psalm 95, 1-96.13 Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land, too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God. We are the people He watches over, the flock, under His care. If only you would listen to His voice today. The Lord says, 
Don't harden your hearts as Israel did at Meribah, as they did at Massa in the wilderness. For there your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw everything I did. For forty years I was angry with them, and I said, They are people whose hearts turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Each day proclaim the good news that He saves. Publish His glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things He does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and beauty fill his sanctuary. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before him. Tell all the nations, the Lord reigns. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. He will judge all peoples fairly. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with his truth. Proverbs 14, 5 and 6 An honest witness does not lie. A false witness breathes lies. A mocker seeks wisdom and never finds it, but knowledge comes easily to those with understanding. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from the book of Judges, chapter 6. And in this chapter, we see Gideon taking a position and taking an action against the gods, the false gods of the land that the people were worshiping. Namely, they were worshiping Baal and Asherah. And God instructs him to go to his father's area and to pull down and destroy the altar to Baal and also to pull down the Asherah pole and cut it up and then build an altar unto the Lord Um, on the highest hill, and use the wood from the Asherah pole that he has just cut down to start the fire to make the sacrifice unto the God of Israel. So how does this relate to our time today? I've been listening to the audiobook, The Return of the Gods, by Jonathan Kahn, and it's very, very insightful. And in the book, he talks about how the ancient gods of Baal, and Asherah, also known as Ishtar, and finally Molech, were very prevalent in ancient times, during the time when the children of Israel lived, but then they disappeared. They faded away, but they're back. They have returned, but they have disguised themselves. And so Baal 
is basically a god that is connected to rebellion, to turning away from the God of Israel to worship something else. And what is that something else? Well, in ancient times, it was a golden calf image, the golden calf image that they built, molten calf um, at the base of Mount Sinai, and also the golden calf molten image that Jeroboam built up in the northern region when he split away from the southern kingdom from Judah. So how has Baal returned to the United States of America? Well, we literally have a molten calf image on Wall Street. And when we have a strong growing stock market, they call it a bull, a bullish economy, a bullish stock market. And literally, it's made of bronze, just as the ancient calf was made of bronze. And so this bull, Baal, represents rebellion against the God of Israel. It represents money and power and prestige and status. And so, you know, America is very caught up in productivity, which is not a bad thing, but greed, selfishness, uh, idolizing money and a large bank account and a large 401k. Um, hoarding and selfishness, greed, um, materialism. So there's Baal. Then we have Asherah or Ishtar. And this god represents sexuality, sexual immorality. And she likes to cross boundaries and destroy boundaries and blur boundaries. And she brings in sexual immorality. We read in our Torah portion in Leviticus chapter 18, all of the boundaries, the guardrails that God gives us regarding um, sex, and that sex happens between a husband and a wife in the context of marriage, and that sex outside of marriage is outside of the guardrails. And so in Leviticus 18, it outlines very specifically what is forbidden. In, in how one practices sexuality. And so what Ishtar or Asher does is she pushes those boundaries to have sex outside of marriage, to uh, have sex with someone who is married to somebody else, to, to push the boundaries, to cross the lines in every way. And what do we have today in America? We have just that. We have the LGBTQ coalition pushing their agenda in schools with young children and um, drag queens promoting their basically pornographic sexuality right in front of small children at school events and at Halloween parties and at library events. And so we see definitely the presence of Asherah or Ishtar very active in America. And then finally, the third God that Jonathan Kahn talks about, it's like the unholy trinity. There's the holy trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the unholy trinity, Baal, Asherah, and Molech. 
and Moloch was the god that they they sacrificed their children to. Moloch demanded blood, and they would literally bring their children to the base of the statue and roll the child into the base of the statue into a roaring fire and burn the child alive. And this is actually what really incensed the God of Israel the most. This was like the final straw on the camel's back. This is why he had them go into captivity and they were basically vomited out of the land because he could not stand seeing these children being sacrificed and burned alive to the God of Molech. Well, how do we see that today, practiced in America and throughout many nations? It is the practice of abortion. Over 60 million unborn children have been murdered in the womb in the last 25 or 30 years in America alone. And how is it done? They're cut in pieces. They're chemically burned alive with a chemical. They're, um, it, it's a horrible mutilation and a horrible, horrible death for that unborn child. And 60 million children have been murdered. The spirit of Molech is very prevalent in America. So these three gods have returned to America and to the nations. And it's because America, as a nation, has turned away from the God of Israel. So coming back to the book of Judges, we see that Gideon is coming against the gods that have crept into the land, the promised land. And even his own father is practicing idol worship and uh, worshiping Baal. He's set up an altar even unto Baal, his own father. And so it took a tremendous amount of courage for Gideon to tear down that altar, to cut down that Asherah pole, and to build up an altar to the Lord. And in fact, he was a little bit afraid because he did it at night. He didn't want anybody to see him doing it. But nevertheless, he did do it. And that was an act of courage. Um, So the question I have for you and for me to ponder and to consider is, can we take on the mantle of Gideon? Can we come against the gods of this world? Can we decide and choose not to watch TV and movies that have explicit sexual content? Can we choose not to look at images on our phone screens and on our computer monitors that have sexual, explicit sexual content? Can we say, I will not partake of this Uh, sexual immorality messaging that is in commercials and in movies and in TV programs. What can we do to be set apart as a people and to not enter the realm of compromise and accept these gods that are so prevalent in our culture and in our society? The God of Baal the god of Asherah or Ishtar, and the god of Molech. May we take a stand, even as Gideon did, and may we wear that mantle that Gideon wore and take a stand against the gods that have invaded our homes, our cities, 
and our nation. Have a blessed day. Shalom. Adonai Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>